Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the NFL season is right around the corner. The guys preview the NFC South. A starter has been named in Houston. The end of the MLB regular season is about a month away. Preview of all the division and wild card races. What a start for college football. The Fire Brigade recaps last week's games and gives you their predictions for week two's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Wednesday night back in Matt's basement in the studio. We are in Delaware, Ohio, enjoying the lovely weather outside. And like Colton said, we're going to continue with our football coverage tonight. Uh, we're doing the preview of the NFC South, which uh, Tampa Bay will start off, open up the season tomorrow night you know, with Dallas. So uh, it's a good time to talk about the NFC South. Matt, you want to get us started with the team that you got from the NFC South there? Yep. The team I got from the NFC South, really, I think one of the more interesting ones this year, because they're going to end up with 10 new starters at 10 different positions on their team this year. I got the New Orleans Saints. The, the biggest starter change this year is going to be with Drew Brees going out the door to retirement. You got Jameis Winston coming in and taking that job. as the new starting quarterback. Uh, some other guys that are out um, in New Orleans, uh, Michael Thomas is out on the IR right now with an injury, uh, so he'll be out for a while, and he's also looking to possibly get traded. So uh, Get out of we'll, New Orleans. We'll, so. see, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, they also lost, in free agency, they lost Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, tight end Jared Cook, cornerback uh, Janaris Jenkins. Those are some of the bigger losses they had this offseason. They did pick up some, some guys uh, – well, some good draft picks. They had a, their first round draft pick was Peyton Turner's defensive end out of Houston, and then they also picked up Pete Warner, the linebacker out of Ohio State, in the second round. So that should help uh, solidify what's already a very good defense and and keep that that defense churning. So uh, really, what it's going to come down to for this team that was twelve and four last year to see if they they can be just as successful this year is going to be what Jameis Winston does. Mm -hmm. if, if he can if he can limit those turnovers, which has been his Achilles heel in the past. And, and play within himself and play within the system, I think they're, they're still going to have a very good year. I, I, looking at their schedule, I think it can be anywhere from nine to 12 wins. Nice. Yeah. Uh, he's got some big, sho big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we, we talked, talked about, about him last week. Yeah, Drew Brees <clears throat> being a prior first ballot Hall of Famer. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, Jameis has got his work cut out for him down there. Colton, what you got out of the NFC South? Yeah, so I got the, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um, so – Carolina's kind of been in uh, kind of major rebuild mode since uh, 2018. So uh, the owner, new owner, took over. Uh, David David Tepper bought the team in 2018. Since then, the Panthers have changed their head coach, changed their GM, and have had two different starting quarterbacks and are actually getting ready to start their third different quarterback. So, uh, you know, and, and while also going 17 and 31 in, in that span. So, not not good things that the owner, you know, not what he anticipated when he when he bought the Panthers back in 2018. But, you know, they like I said, they're they're starting a new a new quarterback this year. They'll have uh, you know the Jets' old quarterback Sam Darnold. They're bringing in bringing in to, you know, hopefully you know revive not only Darnold's career but revive this this franchise here. Um, you know, they're they're hoping that they could see a lot of the good things that he did you know did in college that you know just didn't show up there there in New York and. I think at the same time, you know, Darnold is playing with a with a team that he has a lot more more weapons to to throw to, a lot more weapons to work with there in Carolina than than maybe he ever did in, in New York. Agreed. So, yeah. I think this is yeah, kind of a a tryout year for 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 Sam. Um, you know, it's 
one of those things that, yeah, if, if he can't make it in Carolina with, with some of the better weapons that he has, uh, I, I don't know how long his NFL career is going to, going to last. Um, so, you know, really it's not a terrible move because if, yeah. if he doesn't pay off, they, they're going to end up high in the draft and can probably take a, another, right. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, he may be on like a, a very small, like rookie rookie deal or maybe a, a very small, like mm. small extension. So they're getting him at a pretty big discount. Right. So like, if it pays off, it's going to be, you know, going to be good for them. Um, and obviously if it doesn't, they're not out a bunch of money right. or, yeah. you know, a lot of draft mm. picks or anything. Then like we, we kind of talked about that earlier. Like we kind of thinking like it's now or never for Darnold. Right. Really. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. You know, if, if he can't, you know, can't make it here in Carolina, cause we like just said, have a decent season. Yeah. His, his offense, I think is a little bit, you know, is, is better, you know, better equipped than what he had there, there in New York. Um, so if he, yeah, he can't make it here, I, I don't know how, how long of a future he has in, in the NFL. But the problem for him is it's not a super easy division. Yeah, yeah. No. Tough, yeah, he's coming in. It's going to be a tough tough division to play in. But he does have one of his favorite targets that he had while he was in New York. He has Robbie Anderson at the wide receiver position who was, you know, like I said, one of his, you know, big targets, favorite targets that he threw to while he was there in New York. So familiar face um, that, that he'll have there in, in Carolina. And then, you know, we can't forget about the – kind of do all running back there with, with Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's coming off a t- kind of a, a lost 2020 season, mm-hmm. uh, played, played three games and scored six touchdowns, but the rest of the 13 didn't play the rest of the 13 games in the season last year, you know, due to various injuries and things like that. So they're hoping he's back, you know, 100% healthy and that he's going to have, you know, some some big numbers and, and kind of take a little bit of the pressure off of off of Darnold. Well, he, he better be back in great because he is my number one overall draft pick in the fantasy <laughs> yeah, draft. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so Matt's expecting big things from him, yeah. hopefully. So. And he's capable of doing that. You know, yeah. like Colt said, he's been kind of a do-all back. He can catch the ball. He can run. He yeah. can block. He's, yeah, he's he's a very smart player. I think very intelligent player. So right, and they, and they brought in you know running back uh, Chuba Hubbard, the the big kind of big but also kind of deceptively fast back uh, from Oklahoma state with their, with one of their, I think it was third or fourth round picks mm-hmm. this year. And uh, I think that'll be a nice, nice kind of compliment or, you know, able to kind of give McCaffrey a little bit of, you know, some, some breathing room there that he doesn't have to do, do it all there in the backfield. So it'll be a kind of a nice change of pace pace for, for the Carolina Panthers uh, offense there. And on the, on the flip side, then with, with the defense, I think they have, you know, they they have, uh, you know, a lot of young talent there on the on the defense. They actually led the NFL last year in tackles by rookies with uh, almost 300 tackles by rookies last yeah, year. So, I, I think that they, yeah, I think production. that they're, you know, doing the right things. And, and with their head coach, uh, you know, Matt Rule, who you know is a defensive minded guy, I, I think he's he's starting to get the pieces that he wants that that he you know to fit his kind of scheme there on the defense. And they're really hoping. Their first round pick that they took with the number eight pick, they took J.C. Horn, who's supposed to be like the best, you know, press kind of man to man, you know, corner in the in the draft. Um, and also, you know, has some famous relations. His dad uh, was a 12 year vet, Joe Horn, wide receiver mm-hmm. for New Orleans Saints. So, mm-hmm. you know, it runs runs in the family yeah. to, you know, to be a be a stud there in the NFL. Um, so they're, they're hoping, you know, to get big things, you know, to be able to kind of lock down one side of the field with, with him playing that corner spot. And they just have. A lot of, uh, you know, young pieces in, in the corner, you know, the secondary, in the linebacking, and even on the defensive line. But there's key pieces that are all young that have, have contributed a lot. I think the big thing for that Carolina's hoping that they can do, 
get off the field on third down. They they gave up almost fifty percent, you know, conversion rate on third down last year. So yeah, they 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 got to get that defense off the field. Uh, you know, when when you know in those type of situations, get that offense back out there and and put up some points. Um, you know, I I think like Matt said, this division is is kind of tough. I think I think Tampa Bay, you know, is sitting there at the top, Absolutely. and I think that the other three teams are all kind of fighting, could be fighting for kind of second place there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the Panthers, I, I think realistically, I think they improved from their five and five and 11, you know, year they had last year. I think they maybe win a couple more games, maybe go seven, seven and 10, eight and nine, and, and could possibly finish second in that division, you know, depending on how, how things shake up. So <clears throat> All right, very what do you think, Dad? <clears throat> yeah, I I think that's a good analogy with them. You know, it's a team that you know we're expecting to to play better, but you know, have they added enough pieces yet? Yeah. Uh, I got the Buccaneers. You know, what can you say? <laughs> Champions. Yeah. I mean, you the know, and, Super Bowl. And chance. here's the thing that they're bringing back all 22 starters from the Super Bowl team. That's unheard of. The days. 22 guys that yeah. started the Super Bowl are all coming back for next year. So. Yeah. You know, what they, can you expect? Well, you less? didn't need to add anything, right. but they did. Yeah. Um, I felt like they got better at the running back position. They signed that Giovanni Bernard from Cincinnati. Yeah. And I didn't realize it till I was doing a little background on him. He's um, uh, since 2013, he's he's third in catches and receiving yards among running backs. So, wow. Wow. you know, yeah. that's that's a. A huge, you know, another a weapon. different yeah, dynamic, that. That right? Yeah, in for, there. for Tom Brady to be able to do that. Yeah, um, you know, like I said earlier, they open up tomorrow night against Dallas. Um, you know, that's a win. Uh, <laughs> and I'm you know, a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dallas coming, you know, Dak coming back from a season-ending injury and a defense that was mediocre at best. Yeah, still year. looked looked awful in the preseason. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, I don't, you know, I it's it's going to be a tough fight, I think. Um, 30th out of 32 teams age-wise. Mm. No surprise, you know, that the Buccaneers are one of the older teams. But that's kind of misleading because between the oldest and the youngest team, it's all average is only like a year and a half. So, yeah. wow. But you're looking at age at like some of the prominent positions. Obviously, quarterback, <laughs> you know, Gronk- Gronkowski at tight end. Donovan Sue, you know, on the defense. Antonio Brown, a little bit Antonio Brown. So, you know, there there is some age at um, at some of the, you know, bigger. I'm not saying that any position is any more important than another one, but kind of of those skill positions. positions. Um, And they did add um, a Shaquille Barrett. Shaquille Barrett, um, uh, he's their sack leader, uh, 27 and a half sacks in the last two years with Tampa Bay. They re-signed him, so yeah. they were able to keep him. Um, you know, this is a team that, even though the Saints are, uh, you know, a, a decent team, you know, with the uncertainty at their quarterback position, I could very well see Tampa Bay going 14 and three, maybe even 15. I, I mean, and I've two. seen some things on like ESPN and, and some of the bigger sports networks that they think that that. Tampa Bay may go undefeated. Might run the table. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Tampa Bay did start slow last yeah. year. I know a lot of that could have been new faces, right. new places, right. but it could right. also be because they're a little older. Right. So, right. Uh, I mean, it's going to be something to watch. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. to watch the yeah. season. You know, you know, they all, Tom Brady is the oldest non-kicker <laughs> to ever start in game one of a season. Right. So, you know, but, you know, a guy, you know, not that he's not in great physical condition, but, you know, he's one hit away from, being completely done and, right. then, and then what you got at right. quarterback right I mean, right yeah. so you know uh, you know i i think it'll be disappointing 
for the Buccaneers fans if they don't finish that well. But you know, again, you're you're one you're one bad hit away from your season being lost. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm expecting big things out of, out of Tampa Bay and the NFC South. Yeah. yeah. We all kind of ganged up, I guess, on the Falcons a little bit. Um, they're, they're going to be, I'm going to say it, they're going to be awful. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about this before when we were talking about trades that teams made and all of us were like, it was one of those, what the heck head scratching moments yeah. about, you know, them keeping Matt Ryan but letting Julio Jones go, mm-hmm. um, you know, Calvin Ridley puts up these has put up decent numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he steps into that uh, number one role, but who picks up behind him? Who's your number two receiver? I think that's, that's going to be important. Um, they're only favored in three games this year. Wow. Uh, week one against the Eagles mm-hmm. week five against your jets week 16 against the lions. So, yeah. you know, this is a team that, uh, yeah, you know, and here's the best thing. I got this guy. I got some other stuff, too, but I'll let you guys talk. But the best thing for Atlanta could be getting the number one draft pick <laughs> next year. And, Win the Super Bowl of draft picks. Yeah, next and, year. And, and taking a QB. But I don't really know, you know, what the what – the, it's not going to be a draft class of QBs like we had this year, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that could be the best thing that happens to Atlanta this season. They got – a new coach, you know. I, I yeah, know. new coach, new GM in there. Yeah. So, we'll, yeah. we'll, you know, it's obviously. And the guy's never been, Arthur Smith, he's never been a head coach before. So. Yeah, it was actually, I think, the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. and then they trade Julio Jones to back to Tennessee, you know, to Arthur Smith's, uh, you know, former team. So, yeah, I don't know. This, this. One more thing. <clears throat> they were 29th in yards allowed last year, their defense. Yeah. And worst pass defense so yeah good lord yeah it, it definitely not a lot of good statistics you you know you you want to see there and you know like dad dad nailed it you know hit the nail on the head there with uh matt ryan you know bring 36 year old quarterback and you know that even when the franchise was saying yeah we're gonna go away from matt ryan i mean they had the opportunity they're sitting right. at number four there in the draft and went away and, right there and, and had the opportunity to, to draft a qb for the future um and, and even if even if you weren't going to play the guy right away, yeah, let still, him sit you know, Matt yeah, Ryan stay is, with Matt Ryan for right. a year. Let the kid, let a new kid stay behind him for a year. I, I'd have been okay. With and that. so now they're hoping, you know, like dad said, you know, Calvin Ridley steps into that number one spot is coming off his first 1000 yard uh, season and, and scored nine touchdowns for the Falcons last year. They're obviously hoping that he can, you know, somewhat replace Julio Jones, but that, I mean, that's, that, that's asking a lot. Yeah. Um, coming off of, you know, the franchise leader in receiving yards, touchdowns, you know, it's it's going to be be a lot for Calvin Ridley. But I think uh, at the same time, they're kind of hoping that their actual number, you know, that pick that they spent their first round pick on, you know, tight end, you know, Kyle Pitts, that he's going to be the real deal. I mean, they're uh, – If he's the, not the next uh, Travis Kelsey, right. it's going to be a letdown because, man, this kid is getting hyped. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, hope, I hope they're not putting too much pressure on him, but – the expectations for and, this and kid. It, and it'll also be, you know, one of those things of, like, why did they draft tight end when they could have gotten a quarterback or, you know, why did they go this way? You know, if this guy is an extra special, like, this pick is really going to look dumb. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to look bad um, because more in more ways than one because, yeah, they, they could have gone quarterback because they were, you know, they're moving on from Matt Ryan. And, and but the, the, the kind of preseason hype around this guy has been, you know, off the charts. So if mm-hmm. he really doesn't live up to, to this hype, it's, it's gonna, 
it's gonna be a mess for the for the Falcons. But uh, you know, they they, they got to get that offense offense going. They they finished middle of the pack last year in points per game at about twenty five points per game. So they they got to step that up on the on the offensive side. But I, I think the defense. I think there are just too many question marks, too many holes on the defense that they, they did address some of the holes. But I just I think there's too many new faces mm-hmm. that they try to plug in that that I just don't know how it's how it's gonna work there there you know in Atlanta and this division is you know I, like I said behind Tampa Bay I, I think it's kind of a a crapshoot of who's gonna finish in second place yeah. there so I think the favorite's got to be the Saints yeah. I think at this point for second place so but. to me the only saving grace with this uh, draft pick in the first round of Kyle Pitts is you know Matt Ryan did have his most successful years there when he had a great tight end and Tony Gonzalez true so I mean that that offense. It, it ran well when they had a good receiver, a good tight end. So are they trying to rebuild what they've seen work there right. and what, what, you know, Matt Ryan does well. Yeah. And so if they can get that offense rolling, you know, they, they could be in that. They in might the be able to mask some division. of the holes on defense if they can get right. the offense, you know, yep. moving in the right direction. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, they also I, did bring in a, another running back as well, Mike Davis, um, mm-hmm. shoring up the defense a little bit, bringing in linebacker Barcavius Mingo. So, those, I mean, it's nice pickups in the offseason to, yeah. to help this team out. And, I mean, Matt Ryan's coming off of almost a 5,000-yard you know, season and threw for 26 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not, I mean, I'm not ready to throw him in the in the garbage can, but, you know, it's it's one of those things that the Falcons themselves said it's time to move on from the old regime. Mm-hmm. And they did that with Julio Jones. Right. But they, you know, didn't do that, you know, when they had the opportunity with with Matt Ryan. And, and I'm not saying Kyle Pitts was a bad pick in the first round, but you know, there was still some quarterbacks out there that were available. I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, definitely will be one of those ones we'll be looking at. Mm-hmm. This kind of those draft picks, you know, early first round picks. You'll be looking at like mm-hmm. Pitts better put up some numbers, or or right. you know, or looking at maybe one of the quarterbacks that they could have taken, what does he do this year that, sure. you know, they, he might've been able to do there in Atlanta. Right. So mm-hmm. be, be interesting to see. So this, yeah. this division has a lot of question marks, I think, but you know, uh, the only question mark is not the Buccaneers. No, the Buccaneers we know who we they think are. are pretty, pretty solid there, yeah. but it's everybody else. That's kind of changed a lot of, a lot of, you know, new faces and new, you in know, big new positions. Players. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. all right. Well, continuing on with some NFL news, um, this week, Tyrod Taylor was named the starter uh, for the Texans. Um, I don't think that was a big surprise with everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson starting out with, um, you know, him requesting a trade and then some legal issues that uh, he's having. So I don't think it was a big surprise. But, um, you know, Tyrod Taylor's a guy that, you know, he's drafted 2011 by the Ravens, spent four seasons there, three seasons in Buffalo, a year in Cleveland, two years in San Diego, or well, with the Chargers. Yes. Um, you know, and he's his numbers aren't terrible, but his passer rating is god awful in mm. the ten years he's been in the league. So, I don't know. I guess I was hoping. I've I, I, I've always wanted since the Texans. You know, since they moved there, I want. I've always wanted him to be good. Mm. And they just aren't. They, I mean, they've had all the talent in the yeah. world. I mean, look at the – I mean, they had J.J. Watt. They had Jadavian Clowney. They right. had DeAndre Hopkins. They've got their franchise – who they thought, you know, was their franchise, franchise QB and Deshaun Watson. I mean, the talent, they have not – has not been a lack of talent. They you – the know, last several years, they've had that talent. Mm-hmm. They just have not been able to translate it into success on, on the field. Uh, but, you know, to get back to, you know, talking about Tyrod Taylor, I think – 
I think you know you know what you're getting with with Tyron. He's been a, a solid guy. Like he's not going to be you know the guy that goes out there and throws for you know ten thousand, five thousand yards in a season, or you know. But he's going to be a solid starter that's going to do enough to keep you keep you in ball games. Right. Uh, and, and for me, Tyrod has been one that guy that like he hasn't gotten the opportunity to really showcase everything because when he was in Buffalo. He, he played halfway decent, but then had a couple of injuries. They bring in, you know, Josh Allen and he, you know, he take, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's always surpassed by somebody that just, you know, sets the world on fire and, and he's never really gotten the opportunity to really showcase, you know, what he, what, what he can fully do. Uh, you know, he went to Cleveland, you know, he, he started a few games, then he got injured. Baker came in and, you know, That's we all know true. what happened there. He, he goes to Los Angeles, same thing. He, he goes, and he, and in the second game or you know in the first couple games he's actually getting ready to get ready to warm up he's going to take an injection a painkiller injection from the doctor doctor punctures, doctor his, punctures lung. his lung <laughs> and then is out you know for the rest of the season and then Justin Herbert you know steps in and we all know you know he was offensive rookie of the year last year so it's one of those things that he's had you know maybe some unfortunate events that have happened to yeah. him that he hasn't really got to fully showcase his talents. Yeah. I hope he really will get. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Will, I really uh, get am. his opportunity yeah. in Houston. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. He wants to play, doesn't want to play. You know, he wants traded. He's got all these legal issues. I don't know what what's going to happen with him, but hopefully Tyrod can stay healthy. I don't expect this Houston team to win very many games, uh, just because they don't have a lot of talent uh, at, at a lot of the skill positions. Uh, but you know, I, I'm hoping that Tyrod can at least showcase what what he can do there in Houston. So yeah, Houston was really in a lose lose situation, but I think they they made the best out of a yeah. poor situation because mm-hmm. I mean Tyrod Taylor in 47 career starts is 24, 21, and one in games he's finished. Uh, he was a Pro Bowler in 2015. He was a Super Bowl champion in 2012 as a backup. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean he he has at least been in the playoffs and played on a Super Bowl championship right. team. Uh, he's 0-1 as a playoff starter. Uh, he's got a 54 touchdown to 20 interception ratio in his career, 61.4% completion percentage, 9,770 passing yards, 1,850 rushing yards, and 16 touchdowns. So, I mean, the guy can get the job done in the mm-hmm, NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I, I think they made the best of a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, what was your other option? Uh, uh, yeah, they're, Davis they're, Mills? Yeah, was there, I think, their pick from last year, no, I think. this year. This year Third was, round yeah. uh, out of Stanford. Yeah. I yeah. never even heard of the kid. Yeah, I, so. I mean, I don't think he – I mean, I remember him from, from college, and, yeah, he wasn't – I mean, he wasn't – he wasn't great in college. Wasn't one of those, you know, set the world on fire kind of guys, you know, in college. Um, just kind of a, a decent game game manager type guy. But I think, yeah, Houston made the best of what they got. Yep. Um, it's just they don't have a lot of talent at the other positions mm-hmm. to really make make a go at it this at this point in the, in the year or so. All right. Well, I think that'll do it this week for the uh, NFL. Let's um. Let's go to the junior league there, the NS the football. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. Baseball. We're going to go to baseball. Yeah, yeah we're going to give you a break on football here for a second <laughs> and get into some major league. We're down to about 20, 22 games left um, in, the, in the MLB season. Um, we want to maybe get into the races a little bit. Uh, Matt, you want to you lead us off? Yeah, I mean, we'll, I'll start with the uh, American League here. Looking like the the actual division races in the American League, these are mostly all but over. You got uh, Tampa Bay with a nine and a half game lead over over the Yankees. You got the White Sox with an eleven game lead over the Indians. 
Then you also got Houston with a five and a half game lead over Chicago or over Seattle. So uh, Seattle has an outside chance of getting there, but yeah. I mean, Houston's going to keep winning too. So I, I think that's just about tough to, tough to make as up. Well. Yeah. So I mean, where it gets really entertaining though, is going to be the, the wild card for these guys. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it's close here. There's about five teams vying for two spots. You got the Yankees right now with a half game lead up on Boston and then you got Toronto, who's two games back. Seattle, two and a half games back. And Oakland, three and a half games back. Yeah. Cleveland sitting at eight and a half. They're probably out of it. Yeah. But you know, you got you got five teams fighting for two wild card spots. It's it's gonna it's gonna make for some entertaining baseball in the AL. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, like Matt said, I think yeah, the divisional races are you know the teams that are going to be representing the three different divisions. I think are pretty much set in stone. Mm. Um, but I, I think that AL, you know, wild card is definitely going to be something to, to tune into um, just because, you know, it's a classic Yankees, Red Sox, you know, kind of match up there, you know, fighting for a playoff. And, and even, you know, three teams from the AL East are all fighting each other. You know, the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, right. uh, you know, are all fighting for, you know, a spot, uh, you know, two, two, three, you know, three teams fighting for two spots. So it's uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. And, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know go out on limb guys I think the Blue Jays are gonna ma- are gonna make really? it uh, you know looking at their schedule they okay. they have All right. 14 games uh, against teams below 500 and those two teams are the Twins and the Orioles and oh. and, and you know, the Twins are sitting at uh, 61 and 77 mm-hmm. and the Orioles are sitting at 44 and 93 so they're like the worst team in baseball yeah yeah Yeah. so i i think the the blue jays got a real outside you know real chance here and looking at kind of the red sox and the yankees kind of line up there they got to play each other quite a bit so i I think that they're going to kind of possibly knock each other cancel each other kind of knock one of each other out of there and the blue jays i think the you know remaining couple of games i think they do have to play maybe boston you know one more time but i think that they're just the way that their schedule is, I think it's a little bit more favorable for them to, to make a, you know, make a run into the, into the playoffs. Well, you know, really this time of year, it's about who's hot in baseball. And it, it was the Yankees a month ago that won right. like what, 16 straight, but yeah. they're now two and eight in their last 10 games. Yeah, yeah. You got Boston who's only four and six in their last 10 games. Toronto though is nine and one. Yeah. And Seattle seven and three. I mean, they're both coming yeah. on strong. Seattle's been playing really good. So, yeah. I mean, the, we could really have a complete flip in this wild card. Right, right, yeah. right. And then we, we could we could say we were all right that the Yankees weren't going to make it. <laughs> I hope so. Well, Let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm hoping for that. Yeah. Not only because I want to be right, but also if you've listened to the podcast before, I am not a fan of the pinstripes. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. You know, it's going to be some good baseball down the wire. All right. Um, yeah, I concur with everything Matt said. You know, the races are pretty well wrapped up in the, in the American League. Uh Colton, you want to get us into the National League a little bit? Yeah, so the National League, the the kind of the divisional race is a little bit a little bit closer there. So you know, in the, in the NL East, um, you got the Atlanta Braves sitting there on top at uh, seventy three and sixty four, um, sitting two and a half games above the Philadelphia Phillies, mm-hmm. and then four games in front of the New York Mets. So uh, that's kind of a tight tight race there in the in the AL East, and. You know, I think a lot of te- a lot of people kind of wrote the Braves off early on. They had a lot of like big injuries to a lot of their major. I think one of their starting pitchers is you know was out for the whole is out for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of their better you know outfielders and better players. 
uh, when it comes to hitting as well. He's out out for the years. Yeah, you really got to give credit to their management. Yeah. They, they've made some trades. They've mm -hmm. brought some guys in to fill the yeah. holes every time yeah. they've happened. Right. They've done a great job. Yeah, managing and, I think, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people yeah. kind of wrote them off and said, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to make mm -hmm. the play. Now they're sitting at the top of their division. Still a little bit of work to do. I mean, they, they can't just rest on their laurels and sit back. They still got to, you know, keep the foot on the gas pedal there. Um, but I, it's going to be a tight one there, there in the NL East. And then over in the NL Central, this division is pretty much, pretty much wrapped the brew, up. Brew, you know, yeah. The Brewers are up 11 games, um, you know, on the Cincinnati Reds and then up 14 and a half games then on the, on the Cardinals. So I think they pretty much got, got a spot wrapped up um, in, in the playoffs, but then over in the NL West, uh, which may be the toughest division in baseball, um, you know, you got the Giants with a record of almost 90 and 50. I mean, holy cow. Right. Uh, and then you got the Dodgers sitting one game behind them at 88 and 51. Right. And then it drops off after that. You got the Padres who have really, really fallen off, off the wagon mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. They're 15 and a half games out of, out of first place. Right, so right. they're, they're fighting for a you know, wild card spot. I think that's where it gets pretty interesting, you know, in the, in the NL wild card, um, yeah. you know, you move over the Dodgers pretty much got a, Wow, whether they win their division, it's either going to be the Giants or the Dodgers taking one of those spots yeah. in the in the wild and the card. The other going to get the wild. Yeah, yeah one's yeah. going to win. The other's going to get the wild. Right, because currently, as it stands, you know the the Dodgers are actually fourteen and a half games ahead of you know the next closest team, which right. happens to be the Padres. Um, and actually, the Padres and the Reds are actually tied right now mm -hmm. for that second spot in the in the NL you know, wild card, yeah. and it's going to. It's going to be interesting because then you also got the Phillies sitting just two games back, and then the Cardinals three and a half, and the Mets three and a half games. So yeah, and what's the Mets have been all over the place this year? Yeah, you know, at one point I was ready to write them off, and now they they went eight and two of their last ten games. Yeah, I don't, uh, I they, don't know. They, they've had a roller coaster of a they season. Really have. I, I'd really like to see them make some noise though to really. Their fan base has been awful this year. The Boo oh, Birds keep yeah, coming booing out, the, yeah. booing the, so the guys that should be their franchise players that they should be loving on. The, the team has been no short of drama, it's, that's for it's sure. It's been ugly. Yeah, I, so yeah. I'd, I'd like to see them just make some noise to kind of shut the fans <laughs> up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, going back to the uh, National League West, um, the Giants got a pretty rough schedule uh, mm. going out. 16 of their last 22 games are against the Reds, the Braves, and the Padres. Mm. Um, so, and, and, uh, actually they're going to be seeing a lot of the Padres. Mm. They play, they play each other 10 times. Wow. I mean, that could be make or break for the giants or the Padres. Right, I mean, that, right. you know, the Padres on, are on fighting the for out. a spot. You know, so. and the Dodgers, they, they also play, they play the Reds, the, the Padres three games and Milwaukee three games. So they, both teams have some tough games, but the Giants really got a tough schedule going, you know, the rest of the way out. So, yeah, uh, you know, it'll just be, you know, who wins the division and who gets the wild card out of that. So that'll uh, be interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think in that NL wild card, I think, uh, you know, similar to kind of like the Blue Jays, I think the Phillies kind of have a favorable schedule going forward. They could possibly sneak into that, you know, one of those spots. They mm -hmm. got 14 games against teams below 500, the Rockies, the Orioles, the Pirates, and the Marlins, who wow. I'm pretty sure almost all those teams are at the bottom of their division. So, you know, they, they got a real chance to, and they're only sitting a couple games back, you know, for that second spot. Mm -hmm. And with the, with the Padres playing in that tough division and, and could potentially, you know, knock each other, knock each other out. I mean, the Phillies got a real opportunity and they're, and they're still alive even in their own division. So they, they got a lot, a lot to play for here. And, 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 you know, finally maybe, 
that signing of Bryce Harper, you know, will finally come to, you know, mm -hmm. something will come to fruition that, right. you know, will make it worth signing him to that big year, you know, big year deal that they did. So, yeah. All right. Very good. Well, that'll do it for the uh, uh, MLB major league baseball for the week. Um, now let's get into college football. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's uh, games of the week last week, man. What a, what an opening weekend. Oh, a fun week uh, of football. Oh my goodness. It yeah. was great football. I was a good start. Good yeah, start to the really season. really was. You know, we, we had five games that we picked as our games of the week. That first one, uh, the Penn State, Wisconsin. I think all three of us missed that one. Yeah. Uh, but that was, it was a, you know, yeah. defensive battle. Huh? Yeah, it was a typical Big Ten game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I called it. I mean, I said it was, we didn't quite get to the 21 points, right. but I said it was going to be the first for right. 21 right. was going to win that game. Yeah, so right. and so, it didn't even take that much. So, yeah. so, so uh, we all missed that one. Um, and then the next game that, well, at least the next one I had written down was Georgia and Clemson. It mm. was a three versus a five. Mm. And I actually picked the upset yeah. that, that and got Me that well. one right. Moved Georgia up to number two in the standings this week. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, not the gloat that I picked it and you guys didn't. By I, the way. I picked that I, one, that, I, Matt got it right. Oh, Matt got it. Okay. Well, I'll give <laughs> I it. got it wrong. All right. But my question is on that, um, you know, Clemson, we talked about, and that was my big reason for picking Georgia, all the, you know, the talent that they lost to mm -hmm. the NFL mm -hmm. um, and the coaching staff that they lost. You know, Clemson dropped down to six. Does Clemson rebound from this? They've got the talent. That, that defense is good enough to keep them in a whole lot of football games sure. this year. I just don't know if their offense can do it. Yeah. But but they're also in the ACC, which looks less than stellar again this year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they're still going to win a lot of games, mm -hmm. and they're going to mm -hmm. be right in it at the end for a playoff spot. Well, I mean, Especially not, losing that 10-3. to 3. Let's not be wrong. I mean, they went up against, you know, probably – the Maybe the best in the defense country. in the country. I mean, that, that you know, what what do we say here? Was it Georgia's defense that that was you know the difference, or was it the um, you know was it Clemson's offense was that you know that bad? Right. You know right. what 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 do we say here? Was it was it really Georgia that really? Because if you look at it, I mean. That if that defense defense doesn't score a touchdown, we're, we're at a three three ball game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's not like Georgia's offense yeah. set the world on fire. Yeah. Their defense got a score, and that was the difference in the mm -hmm. game. So I think you have to you know put a lot of credit to that Georgia defense of just limiting Clemson's offense to three three points. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of why I say if, if if Clemson's defense is, is just as good as Georgia's, really. Right. I mean. Our, or is the problem for both of these teams going to be their offense isn't right. good enough to get to the playoffs? Right, right. right. Are, are they going to be able to compete with, you know, the better teams mm -hmm. out there in college football? So right. Speaking of the better teams, um, Alabama destroyed Miami. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I thought Miami was rated a little high coming in anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, it was they were 13, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, the – is Alabama that good, or was the you know was the U overrated? What do you guys think? I guess we're we're, we're a little pick, bit of both. Yeah, we're, we're picking up where we left off when we recapped you know the college football season last year. I mean Alabama dominating you know the the, the national championship game week one. It's like they never left. It's right. like nothing nothing changed. I mean mm -hmm. you you start a a true freshman quarterback comes in and throws four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean. What what are you supposed to do? I, mean, I know, yeah. They and, and then the defense comes in and, and they look unbelievable as well. I mean, yeah, I, you know, the bright spot for Miami was supposed to be Derek King, and yeah. he looked awful. I mean, 
he looked yeah, awful. Coming yeah. off that injury wasn't yeah. wasn't good. There were times, yeah. yeah, he got sacked. I think like six times, yeah. or he got sacked quite a bit. Um, and and there were times where he got up and he was kind of limping a little, favoring that, sure. that knee. And, I'm and sure that was kind of my biggest question mark coming into the into the matchup was, you know, what's the health status of the mm. Eric K? They're going to need him to play a a near perfect game mm. for them to even and have, it wasn't. have a chance. And he he just wasn't able to do it. Right. But I think that was because of the. It wasn't so much that he stopped himself it was that alabama deep there was there was nowhere to go i mean right. there, there was yeah. nothing he could do so. yeah i'm not blaming it on him that he looked bad but it just yeah. alabama made him look bad right, i think right. they really did and um, then again they're going to benefit from being in a, what looks to be a poor acc again this year so yeah, I mean, Miami, they, they yeah, could still yeah. rebound right. and have themselves a good season right, right. But, absolutely so it may come down to you know clemson and miami again mm-hmm. in that division um yeah okay uh iowa and indiana mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, I, I think that was that was a little surprising, but you can't throw two pick sixes and expect to win. Right I now. mean, um, yeah, Penix did not look good. Um, Three wow. ints for the game. Yeah, yeah, he did not. And you know, we knew Iowa's defense was going to be tough. Um, is their offense good enough to keep keep it going? I, I don't know. Yeah, um, we, we we talked about you know Georgia's offense not doing. I mean, I mean, if Iowa doesn't have those two pick sixes, I mean, yeah. Indiana only scored six points, but I mean, at the end of the day, I was six off. might be 13, 21. Right. It, I mean, it may know, be a little bit different. One, game, six, one score away from right, yeah. if you don't throw two pick sixes in the first half kind of deal. So I think Iowa has definitely on the offensive side of the ball has some room for improvement. You know, they got to, you know, maybe function or, you know, put up a little bit more points because, what are the odds that your defense is going to score that many points right. every yeah. week? Don't count on that every week. Weekend and they may get they will get they'll get a lot of stops, but your offense then at the end of the day has to, has punch to do in something, the end has to get sure. to put some points on the board. So, right. so yeah. not not a good showing for Indiana, you know, no. being ranked for the first time in like fifty years, and you know, yeah. not not a good showing there. So right, right. so you know, and, and you know, does that does that does that continue? Do they continue to drop? I mean, does Indiana rebound from this? Um, I think there's a lot of pride there. I, I think Penix will get better. Uh, he might know, be a little nicked up though, too. Yeah. I heard. There it might. might I mean, it's a tough start. I mean, it's yeah. a tough. I mean, going yeah. in, going into Iowa against you know one of the better defenses in the country right. on the road, Big sure. Ten first game, and he's coming off a major you know ACL injury. I think it's a big ask for for him. You know, right off the bat, mm-hmm. so. I think he'll definitely, you know, if he's healthy or, you know, can stay healthy, I think he can, you know, rebound it. And that Indiana offense will be able to put, put some points on the board. I, I really like their coach, yeah. Tom Allen, right? Yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, a great guy. And I, I think he, he fits that system perfectly. Mm-hmm. Makes that team play with a lot of heart. Right. I, I think they'll rebound. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the last one that we picked last, uh, our fifth game of the week last week was um, Texas and Louisiana. I think, uh, what Louisiana was twenty third, Texas was twenty one at that time last week. Uh, Texas looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, new coach. Um, they moved up six spots to fifteen this week. Mm-hmm. Can can they um can they you know make some noise? Texas coming over. Yeah, I mean p- potential. I mean we 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 know probably their only competition is Oklahoma at this point. Um, and and you know Oklahoma was kind of shaky in in their first game. I mean. It's only week one, so I'm not ready to overreact just yet. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not ready to say Texas, you know, hook them horns that they're right. back kind of deal. They did play, you know, a, a little bit of a lesser opponent yet. We expected this game to be a little bit closer. Yeah. But in the end, Texas was still favored. They were playing at home. I mean, they, they had, you know, a lot of things on their side. But 
the, the freshman quarterback comes in and plays, you know, pretty decent mm. for them and, yeah. and, and did enough. I think the big thing for me is zero turnovers, right. no, no turnovers. Right. So, you know, you, that, that big, running back at Texas looks like a stud too. Mm-hmm, uh, that guy's mm-hmm, going to yeah. be, gonna yeah, you be give a yourself a chance to win and, when you don't and, turn the ball. And over. the defense was a big question mark. Cause I, I think last week I said something like there's bring their, starting nine new people on the defense and they they had uh four sacks and seven tackles for loss so they mm-hmm. were able to get a lot of pressure on the on the louisiana quarterback and kind of get him out of rhythm uh so you know hats off to kind of a young a young defense new kind of young defense coming in there so i think the two biggest question marks that we had going into this game was the quarterback play and the, and the defense and, and both of them looked pretty good looked good in week to, one to start anyway. the season so. i think this game was a lot closer than that final score mm-hmm. indicated because uh, louisiana cashed in on a lot of field goals instead of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They did get the ball down the field. They moved up and down. They just they couldn't get they it in capitalize. the end zone when it mattered. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think a better team is going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not ready to – to anoint Texas quite yet because of this win, but they sure. did they did play very well. Right, right, right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the games of the week that we got picked for this week. What uh, what say we do the Utah BYU game, the Holy War, uh, as it's as it's uh, nicknamed. Um, let's let's get started there. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, Utah number number twenty one. You know, got a win last week, and BYU got a win in their first game. So both teams. 1-0 going into this. Uh, that game is going to be out west, 10-15 uh, p.m. Yeah. Eastern time. Don't count on so me. we'll be in bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it'll be, uh, ESP, that'll be on ESPN. And uh, actually, the, the latest that I saw, Utah is favored by by a touchdown. So seven seven points. Uh, yeah, I had six and a half. Yeah. So same so, thing, basically. Um, so I think the big thing uh, for me, you know, is, uh, you know, BYU's um, – the kind of the replacement for Zach Wilson, who, you know, is now in, in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, the replacement for him, Jaron Hall had a decent game against, you know, Arizona last week, but I'm not ready to say he's the real deal because Arizona now is on a 13 game losing streak. So maybe not the best competition, you know, so I think he's going to get a little bit stiffer competition here in Utah. Um, Utah's won nine straight in this series, but it's been close. Uh, eight out of the last ten have been decided by eight points or fewer mm. in this in this series. So I, I think Utah gets the win, but I think they 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 do just enough to cover the they, they win by that one touchdown one, one touchdown. touchdown mark. Yeah, right. my my take on this was I, Utah did win big last week, but they won big against a bad competition in Weber State, right? Or at least BYU did. I mean, I know Arizona hasn't won a lot of games lately, but right. they did play against a Power Five school in mm-hmm. Arizona. They're yeah. better athletes there. Yeah. So I, I think Utah really built some false confidence that could bring a little arrogance into this mm-hmm. game yeah. that may not be good for them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I, I I think BYU is gonna gonna win a close one here. All I'm right, very good. Uh, I think maybe what tips the scales for me is that, you know, that quarterback transfer, Charlie Brewer from mm, Baylor, yeah, yeah. you know, that's playing for Utah, that kind of tips the scales. And Utah has a huge offensive line mm, mm. Um, and, 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 or defensive line. I'm sorry. I was looking at their average size and, and they defend the run very well. So <laughs> you, you um, do with that much size. Right. So. so, you know, I think that's a plus for them. You don't give up a lot of third down conversions that way. Mm-hmm. You know, third and shorts, you can stuff the run. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to take Utah over BYU in, in a close game. All right. All right. What's the next the next game on our slate? Uh, then? Well, let's go Pittsburgh versus Tennessee. All right, all right. Well, yeah, as as good as the as the week one matchups were, we uh, kind of struggled to pick, uh, you know, a five games this this week because it kind of falls off the wagon as far as like good games mm. to kind of watch or you know pick five games. But you know, this was kind of the best out of out of what we what we got. But 
Pittsburgh, you know, got a win last week. Tennessee got a win last week. Uh, and so, both in pretty much dominating fashion. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Pittsburgh so, had 600 yards of offense, yeah. but they lost three fumbles, mm-hmm. you know, against a UMass team that has not competed since they came over yeah, I to think, I think Division it, One. You, you talk about misleading, and I think, yeah, Pittsburgh plays a UMass team that's horrible, and Tennessee plays a Bowling Green team that's absolutely horrible. Probably the two worst teams in the FBS right, right now. So right. I think, you know, it could be a little misleading. So we'll get to see who's who's for real this week yeah. between these two teams. Um, and actually, Pittsburgh actually favored by a field goal is the, is the latest that I that I like, saw. So. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, um, yeah like – yeah, and the thing, um, Tennessee had had both of the rushers go over 100 yards last week. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll see that again um, against the Pittsburgh defense. Um, Very only, stingy against the Yeah, Lions. they only gave up a total of 219 yards. 42 rushing yards. Yeah, so, um, you know, and the, the transfer from Michigan, Joe Milton, had a decent day, you know. Still left. didn't complete. Less, he completed less than 50% of his passes right, against right. a bad bowling team. Against a bad team, team so. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to pick Tennessee in the upset here. All right. All right. Well, yeah, we, we talked about it. I think, you know, Tennessee, I, I, I they're going to have to open up the passing game mm-hmm. to, to try to get, you know, get something going. I don't think that they're going, they're not getting that running game going against a, a Pat Narduzzi team there in, in, in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to clamp down on the, on the run game, make, make Tennessee have to throw the ball. I don't think Joe Milton is capable of doing that. Um, I like Pittsburgh to win this one in a close one and, and cover the spread that that three three points there in, in uh, you know that they're they're giving them. So right. yeah, I, I'm with Colton on this one. I, I think Pittsburgh showed more against bad competition last week than Tennessee did. Mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh's a little more well rounded on offense. I'm, I'm going Pittsburgh here. All right. Well, we're different on on that one, of course. <laughs> Who went four and one last week? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Who true. Was that? Standings, you know, standings after week one were, you know, dad's four and one and, and Matt and I are both two and three after week one. So we're, we're going to have to, we got to make some different picks yeah, because right. we got to catch, catch up. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's take a look at, uh, well, we got um, two more games here. Well, three more games left. Um, a couple of them are close to our hearts here on the, on the fire fired up panel here. Let's, Let's let's first talk about the Iowa Iowa State game. That's mm-hmm. going to be ESPN's um, game day game. That's where they're broadcasting from. You got number ten Iowa. We already talked about it a little bit with big win over Indiana last weekend, uh, going against number nine Iowa State, who got a big win, or not a big win, but got a win, a close, close win game. over nail biter Northern, yeah. Northern Iowa. Yeah. I mean, sixteen to ten. I I I don't know. I don't think uh, Iowa State's. Uh, they threw two picks. Um, or I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, Northern Illinois gave up uh, 136 yards on the ground. I, I just don't think that was a team. They sh- th- that should have been a lopsided score. It really yeah. should have been. You know, Iowa came in and, and blew out Indy, but you know, like we said, part of that was on two pick sixes. They actually had three picks for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- my concern with Iowa is they only had 77 yards of rushing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, we'll see how that plays out against Iowa State. Iowa State's favored by three and a half right now. Um, tell me what you guys think. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, you hit it kind of nail on the head. I think it's going to be whose offense can get going in right. this game because, you know, we talked about it. Iowa, you know, their offense didn't get going. You know, 
outside if their defense hadn't scored those you know two defensive touchdowns what are we looking at you know their score against indiana last week and then iowa state's offense looked totally lost against you know a northern iowa team and you know they they were in a closer game than what i what i think that they wanted to be maybe maybe possibly looking ahead to this you know this game you know this week um but you know you can't every game counts so uh but this one I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be, you know, the first team to kind of 20 because, uh, you know, neither team has scored 20 points or more in the last two times these teams have faced each other. So I think it's going to be another, you know, kind of grinded out game. I like Iowa's defense to get a few more stops than than Iowa State's. I'm taking Iowa in in the upset to to, to beat Iowa State. Yeah, like you just touched on, I mean, Iowa State barely survived directional Iowa and yeah. directional teams from any state are never that good. Yeah. So, I mean, that just, that, that said a lot to me mm-hmm. and that dominating D of Iowa, I think it's going to be enough here to get the win. Well, we all agree on this one. I got <laughs> Iowa picked in the upset as well. So, okay. you know, as, as one goes, we all go on this one, I guess, but uh, all right, well, let's take a look. Um, let's, get, let's go Washington versus Michigan, Michigan, a six and a half point favorite. Um, right now over at home night game in the big house uh washington lost their opener after being coming in ranked at 20th um they lost to a montana team 13 to 7 and threw three picks mm-hmm. um michigan on the other hand you know played western michigan obviously not not a school that's you know on par with some of the competition they're going to see later in the season but that, you know, they did rack up 551 yards of offense. And the big thing for me was they had no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, something that I like to see out of, out of my, out of my Michigan team. One, one thing I didn't like is again, we're having trouble getting our defense off the field. Uh, Western Michigan went eight of 17 on third down conversions. That's you, you can't do that. You yeah. can't give up over 50%. And again, a couple of those were those third and long plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's been kind of the Achilles heel to Michigan defense in recent years, um, not being able to get off on third down. So, uh, but I got to go with Michigan uh, covering the spread. All right. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it, Washington definitely going to be coming in, you know, hot off of that loss to you know an fcs school they're, they're going to be playing they're going to play a lot better than they did you know coming into the big house um but i think for me you know a, a tough thing you know michigan loses their star you know wide receiver ronnie bell you know done for the season with a knee injury that's going to take a major hit to the, to the passing game mm-hmm. uh, but now that, that that that's next man up then for for you know that wide receiver group up there up north um and i think i think in this game you know Caden McNamara is going to have to throw the ball more than 11 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had an efficient day, nine for 11, mm-hmm. but you're not going to be able to rush for, you know, over 200, 300 yards against, you know, some better, you know, better opponents. And that right. Washington defense, yeah, they, you know, they lost last week, but they only gave up 13 points. You don't, right. you don't expect to lose a game by only giving up 13 right. points. So, you know, they're, they're going to be stingy. They're, they're a tough unit. Uh, so I think, yeah, definitely the offensive playbook is going to have to open up there on the, on the Michigan side. Ultimately, though, you know, night game in Michigan, I will be in attendance Not at right. the game. Um, and uh, but I, I think it's just a different atmosphere. Uh, 110, 115,000 people all screaming for the same team. It's just you know unbelievable. 
I like Michigan to, to pull it off and, and, and cover the spread. All right. Yeah. Last week, Michigan looked as good as I've seen them look in a long time. You know, I, I was, I was surprised. And actually, even as a, as a Buckeye fan, I'm happy to see, I want to see them do well. Cause that sure. makes the game at the end of the season that much more exciting. Yep. So, you know, um, but before I make my pick, since Colton's going to be in attendance, what, what's, what's your record at games attended Colton? Uh, I, I want to say that I, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure I'm undefeated. I, I don't think I've really? ever been to a game where they've, they've lost. Well, I, you've been in the shoe and they've lost. I've been in the shoe okay. and they've lost, but I've never, never been, in the big house. Never in, in the, the big, big house, house right. and lost. So Not, well, then, well, maybe then, you need to start going to every game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't say, but I mean, I've been to a lot of big, a lot of big games. So I, I can't say that I've been to a lot of the cream puff, you know, I have, a couple of them have been like early season, like a Western Michigan or a Central Michigan, uh, Miami of Ohio. But there have been a couple of like top 10 matchups in the Big Ten that I've been to. And, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, we've come out on top every single one I've been to. Not so much when we went to games at the shoe. No, no, absolutely not. I can't say my record is so good there. So, Well, then, then, then based on how they looked last week and based on Colton's record of games attended, I'm going with the team up north. This <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, right. we appreciate the we appreciate the good vote there. Yeah. All right. Last game, another game that's pretty close to the hearts of the the panel here. Number three, Ohio State going against number twelve, Michigan. No, Oregon. Or, Oregon. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got Michigan <laughs> on my brain. Um, going number twelve, Oregon. Ohio State's favored by thirteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Oregon got a win over a close game over Fresno State. Uh, but, Three fumbles in that game, you know, recovered fumbles in that game. Um, you know, you can't do that and expect to win games. Uh, Ohio State, their defense, I was a little disappointed in their defense. Gave up 400, 408 yards to, you know, to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, they put up almost 500. So, you know, the offense, I don't think it's going to be the issue. Um, you know, I think Minnesota stuck to what they wanted to do against Ohio State, and that's, you know, grinded out with their uh, Ibrahim at the at the running back. You know, and they really they their time of possession was mm-hmm. way more than what Ohio State had. Obviously, Ohio State was more efficient when they had the ball, but mm-hmm. um, third down conversions, Minnesota was eight of fourteen, which you don't want to see. Um, but you know, again, I, I got to give Ohio State to win here. Um, over Oregon and you know 13 and a half I think Ohio with that offense that high-powered offense I think Ohio State covers the spread in this game as well yeah absolutely um you know I think yeah the big the big question mark for Oregon coming into this one is going to be what's the health status of their best defensive player you know on their team but maybe the best defensive player in the country um you know last week in that game Kayvon Thibodeau goes down with you know kind of rolls up his his ankle Mm goes on the sideline uh, and that's when Fresno state kind of started to make their, make their run there in the, in the second half. Um, and he was in a walking boot. Um, and, and so status for, for, for this game, you know, this week kind of, you know, a question mark, um, but I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, I, I think it will make an impact. I think he'll have an impact if he does, if he does play, but I, I don't think, you know, he's going to have as big of a, of a, you know, that, that secondary for Oregon, um, you know, is, kind of kind of uneasy you know i think i think the buckeyes with that talented group of wide receivers that they have they got some weapons they're they're going to be able to eat eat up that that oregon secondary i like them to win this game and and cover covered spread yeah so me being a buckeye fan uh, i'm going to recuse myself on picking a team here but i will give an analysis uh i think both teams really struggled last week and i I look for both of them to, to come out and 
and really try to prove something this week. I, I think they're both going to play a lot better this week. I think the, the biggest thing that's going to hinder Oregon is if that uh, their stud defensive player can't play. If, mm-hmm. if he can't play, that, that hurts them mm-hmm. way more than just about anything that could happen to the Buckeyes. So, that, I mean, that that's going to be a huge factor in this game. But I, I still look for this to be a close game coming right down to the wire. Both teams are going to look a lot better this week. Like I said, I, I won't pick a winner, so you can give me you can give me an L next week. I'm fine with that. It's just my uh, my superstition when it comes to picking Buckeye games. I just I can't do it. Okay. Well, how, how'd you like your uh, freshman quarterbacks uh, play last week, man? Yeah. So the the first half, I think, could be chalked up to a lot of nerves. He, he sailed a lot of passes and. You know, didn't didn't look great in the first half, but I'll tell you what, in that second half, mm-hmm. he came out was super efficient, mm-hmm. threw for over 200 yards in in the half, four yeah. touchdowns. I mean, the, yeah. the kid looked great in the I second mean, half. Only, I it's so only too. week one, right, right? Right. He's got a lot of you know, room you know, playing better. on the road, right. you know, in a in a big you know a Big Ten game right off the bat, right? Um, you know, it obviously would have been better if they could have switch their schedule around a little bit and, you know, and maybe start it off with something a little bit easier and at home, but you know, they do get to come back home this week. So, but, but you, you gotta love coach day's confidence in them because they, they came out in the second half. And even though he threw that interception in the first half, didn't complete a lot of passes, they came right back out throwing it again. And, right. and they were rewarded for that, that confidence. Yeah. And, right. and it was, play it was a good game to watch. It was an entertaining game to watch. You know, uh, Minnesota didn't give up. Uh, you know, I, I hate to see I that. Mean, that's the mentality. I, I hate this for Ibrahim. Yeah, you know, Ibrahim, that's that poor kid. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a he was the you know bright spot on that Minnesota team, and to see him go down is yeah. you know really disheartening for for that young man. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I like to pick. Um, you know, and we'll we'll see how we do. Um, I well, I think that's all we got for you for the week. Um, you know, I'll let, I'll let Colton sign us out. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening uh, to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, just have a burning sports question, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Um, our handle is fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us on Facebook, fired up comma sports podcast. Um, and as always, you can head over to our website as well, uh, fired up one dot dot com check out all of our past episodes and, uh, you know, find some more information about the show. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, as always, uh, next Thursday we'll, we'll be back, um, you know, for another, another episode. So, uh, you know, be looking for us, uh, next, next week. And as always stay fired, fired up. up.